Well, I just thought I would get started here on a new era ah, rah, 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 of the Silver and Gold podcast. Hopefully this will be a glitch-free um, era. <laughs> I um, finally decided to that I was so disgusted and um, ready to vomit with that old computer that I did get a new uh, computer just to do the podcast with. Because um, 99% of the time I use my iPad for just about everything. Um, I thought about going that way as far as actually recording with my iPad, but um, I don't know. It's just the setup um, is a lot easier and... Um, to, I don't know, I've just been doing it this way, sitting in my computer chair, you've got a nice giant screen, and being able to flip back and forth on things, when it actually fucking worked, um, I tried, um, to do an episode, I think like a, maybe two weeks ago, or maybe about a week ago, two weeks ago, and that's what, um, really inspired me, just to get online, and to uh, finally uh, put a couple of bucks into a new tower. Uh, It's a desktop, you know, um, but um, the thing was, like I said, I'm only going to be using it just to record, so. Um, And I didn't want to spend a whole bunch of money, but I just wanted to, you know, use the same tools that I always use because it's easier just instead of having to, you know, try a whole bunch of new stuff. I was frustrated enough anyway. but like I said, I um, went and uh, or I was inspired to uh, record a couple of different times. Uh, I think I have one uh, about an hour episode, uh, but that old computer just, you know, you'd be right in the middle of recording and look up and uh, it would have paused and then, you know, I'd have to sit there and wait for it to start back up. It was, it was about dead. I wasn't getting any kind of errors or anything like that. I just think it was... Uh, anything, you know, if it was running more than one thing at a time, it seemed like it would just, it was just unreliable. It was very frustrating. And so, like I said, I, I spent, uh, the better part or not the better part, but I, I spent a, uh, an hour or so getting this one set up and getting all my stuff downloaded that I needed all, all my recording tools and, you know, uh, all that stuff. And, um, but I have, I took the week off uh, for vacation. I was actually thinking about going down to the beach, but I'm glad I didn't because there's like a hurricane uh, <laughs> that's that's coming like right now. Uh, we we I think we got some of it um, maybe um, last evening. Uh, got a lot of really super hard rain. It looked like a hurricane outside, you know, with the rain blowing sideways and every every which way and really super high winds and a lot of thunder and lightning um mary uh she um decided to head down to the to the basement 
so she could be uh, safe and secure. I had the basement door closed, and uh, I was I was laying on the floor petting her, and uh, she started getting nervous because of the thunder. And um, there was about a maybe a foot and a half space between me and the love seat that I was laying in front of. And she actually went behind me and got in that little crevice <laughs> and laid down. And, and I was like, well, she must really be scared. So I went ahead and um, let her go downstairs. And I, I, uh, you know, I had just washed some of her uh, bedding and I put that in there so she could be comfort comfortable and everything and uh, ride the storm out, left the TV on down there for her so, you know, it wouldn't just be a lot of thunder and stuff. You got to kind of give her some uh, background noise and stuff like that. And um, But I started watching a couple of movies yesterday, and I'm going to be talking about those here in just a little, little bit. Um, just because, honestly... Uh, I have been watching a lot of series, and it really does, um, even if a series is really good, um, it just, you know, it goes on and on and on, and it cuts into your movie time a lot, because if you have several series going on that you're watching, um, it just seems like, you know, you want to get through them. You know, like I said, even if they're really good, you know, you want to get through them. But it takes up a lot of time. And, um, you know, I haven't been watching as many as many movies. And I do like short series that are, you know, maybe six episodes or, or something like that. Um, there's one that I started here recently, and uh, it's one of those network series, and there's a shitload of episodes. And like I said, it, it really does cut into the movie-watching time. And um, I like... The one thing I miss when I'm watching a lot of series is when you're watching a movie, you know, whether it's an hour and a half or even, you know, two or three hours, uh, the thing, you know, has... You, you get to a conclusion... And I mean, even if they're sequels and stuff like these superhero movies, Avengers and stuff like that, you still, you know, you, you put in an hour and a half, two hours, and, and, and then you can watch something else. And no matter how good some of these series are, um, I, just, I just get a little bit burnt uh, out watching them if, I, if I'm just concentrating on one. And then I, I've been breaking, breaking some of them up and watching... Um, a f uh, you know, one or a couple of episodes, maybe one two episodes, and switching over to something else, and still, it. I don't know. I think I'm just gonna. I think I'm gonna concentrate more on watching uh, movies, even if they're movies that I've already seen. You get a certain amount of comfort there, uh, watching something that you've already seen or something you haven't seen in a long time. Um, but like I said, I mean these series, and then I started getting into watching, uh, you know, anime series and it's the same thing with that um but i made a i made a list and uh at least with this computer it's funny with the other one i couldn't even bring up like imdb uh it would take so long 
to get all the stuff up and type it in and everything. And then the, the, uh, the recording tool would, uh, just start pausing and everything. And I'd be like, God damn it. So I'd just try and use my IMDB on my iPad, uh, while I was doing that. It just, it just was a pain in the ass. So I boxed that fucker up and I'm going to put it down in the basement. I think I have just about everything saved to the cloud as far as, um, you know, pictures and things like that. But, uh, there's really nothing else. And then like my iTunes, all my movies and stuff like that are already on there and, you know, on iTunes. Um, but let's see here. There's really nothing been going on too much. Um, I'm trying to think of anything else. Uh, went for a couple of motorcycle rides on my little Honda, uh, last couple of days. Uh, I had to go get it inspected and, um, it's fun still, you know, to get out and ride. Like I said, after about an hour, I'm, I, uh, I need to really stretch good because my legs start going numb and, uh, but it's fun to ride, you know, and, and get out there. Um, we had a, um, 4th of July party at my sister's and there was, you know, several people there, you know, mostly family. And I uh, got to see my nephew and my niece had moved to, uh, Arkansas. She's 10 minutes from the Oklahoma border. And she moved out there, got a, and got a job. Um, uh, I think work, like some of the stuff they do working with like uh, foster kids, placing them and things like that. And, uh, where they work with child protective services and stuff like that, which is, you know, kind of what her degree was, um, revolved around and everything. And, uh, but we got to have a good time and everybody was drinking a little bit and, you know, they were all smoking cigars and vaping and beer and Jack Daniels and everything else. But we had a, we had a really good time and, um, got a, uh, nice fire going and uh has some fireworks going off but i i now that i'm you know since i have been a pet owner which has been for god jesus since uh probably 1990 <laughs> i i really despise fireworks because it really does scare the shit out of uh you know the animals and things um but like I said, we had a we had a really good time on the on the fourth of Ju- July. My uh, brother in law is a really good cook, and he has a uh, a smoker. I did not know this, but uh, where he smokes like meat and chicken and uh, uh, ribs and stuff like that, and uh, where they put the um, the rub. They, <laughs> I I don't know the the uh, all the technical stuff and everything, but they put all those spices on there and and let it cook really slowly with the uh, with I guess like the smoke like the wood chips or something in there. Uh, so that must be a new thing. But uh, he's a really good cook, and um, so we all uh, got to uh, get a little bit fatter. Um, Let's see. Let's look at some movies. Movies. Now, some of these have been um, ones that I watched quite a while ago, but I I found the list of stuff that I had taken down a while back, and um, some of them are going to be not really fresh in the memory, which my memory sucks anyway. But let's see. I have two lists here, and um, uh, again, with the... um, 
tool that I use here. I, I remember. <laughs> Seems like I haven't done it so long that I can actually say I remember this. Um, we want to keep it uh, right at two hours, or for some reason it did not want to uh, save correctly, and it would always be a pain in my arsehole. <laughs> I'm telling you what, people, if you'd hear, I, I still might post that one uh, that I did that was only uh, an hour long. Uh, there were a lot of pauses because of technical difficulties, but there was a lot of hilarity in that one. I'm surprised people didn't think I was, if they would hear it, uh, think I was hammered or something, which I wasn't. I'm just a moron. Um, I watched White Sands with um, Willem Dafoe and Mickey Rourke. Um and I always like this movie because it's uh, it's Mickey uh, when he was in his prime. And if any of these uh, seem like they are like something that you've heard before, <laughs> I can't even remember the last show that I did so uh, that I actually put out because, like I said, some of the ones are just that the one was just so crappy. But I did like Willem Dafoe in this, even though it was sort of. Um, I don't, I don't know, kind of out of character for him, maybe, uh, playing the uh, white hat, good guy, sheriff kind of a thing. Mickey Rourke was perfect. I mean, as a you know, sleazy uh, gun dealer, gun runner kind of a guy. Uh, Mary Elizabeth Mast Mastra Antonio. Um, I always remember her back in the day as being somebody that uh, would show some boobage. And um, I think in this one that she did, um, she had a sex scene with Willem Dafoe in the uh, shower. But again, I do remember why I, I had this one on, I think, VHS. And I do remember that sex scene showing some, you know, nudity and some other scenes in that movie. And I watched it on, I think it it wasn't Hulu, but it it was like one of those online or one of those streaming channels. Uh, it might have actually been Am I think it was Amazon, and it was actually cut up. Uh, there were some swear words and stuff that were cut out, so it was actually like watching it on TV or something, which I thought was pretty fucking weird. Um, let's see who else was in this song, bitch. Uh, da dee 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 dee. James Rebhorn. He always plays like a swarmy uh, dude. What else was he in? Uh, the game, Talented... Oh, he was Tom Ripley's dad. Scent of a Woman. I think he was the, um, the uh, dean of the school or something like that. He's one of these ones that you... He's been in a million things, and you'd know him if you saw him. Um... And Samuel Jackson was in this. He was pretty young uh, in this one. And M. M. Emmett Walsh, who was who was always good. There was somebody in this that played. Um, I can't remember who it was though that played Willem Dafoe's wife, but she was only in it for like two seconds at the beginning of the movie when he was like, "I'm getting ready to go down to you know investigate something." And. Um, <laughs> I think it was this uh, 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 Mara, Mora or Mara Tierney. I always thought she was pretty good looking. I think there was something weird about her. Was she like a Scientologist or something? 
hey, we're back in old form. I'm already sitting here going, uh, wasn't this somebody? <laughs> uh, anyway, I thought she was good looking. That's all that matters, right? Um, Nemesis, what the fuck is that? This list is weird. Nemesis. I don't even remember. It wasn't Star Trek Nemesis. Let me look it up. See, there was another one that, that um, when I was putting in the the uh, titles for these movies, there was another one that I had called The Prey. And I remember, oh, you know what? That one, but I couldn't find it on IMDb, so it must be called something else. But it was a like a Chinese movie. Um, and it was kind of a, a, uh, well, the one with like iced tea, uh, where Rutger Hauer and Busey and them were hunting him. It was sort of like that. Um, they had a, there was a prison, uh, or, or hard target. It was a lot like hard target, but again, I could not find the fucking real name of it. It was actually pretty good. Um, where it was called The Prey, and um, the it was in Cambodia, I believe. And uh, this they had uh, the guy that played the um, oh the one that played kind of uh, the godlike uh, police chief in um, Only God Forgives. He was in it, and he played the warden. Uh, let me see. I can probably find it that way. Let's see. Only God forgives Johnny. That's me. Okay. He was oh, the warden of this prison. Vithaya Pansringram. And let's see if I can find the prey. I didn't hear nobody pray, dear brother. Now, you know what's funny is this cocksucking IMDb motherfucker. I sat there just a little while ago before I started recording, and I put in The Prey. I even put it under just checking titles. And about four movies came up. None of them were called The Prey. Um, and one of them was actually Southern Comfort, so with uh, Powers Booth and Keith Carradine, so that must have been like a, a an alternate title. None of them came up. I just found um, uh, Vithaya uh, Pensregram Garm uh, from Only God Forgives, and the goddamn I go right down the fucking list of his movies and the fucking Prey 2018 because it's a newer movie comes right up. Okay, so anyway. Um, I believe it was in Cambodia. He is the um, warden of a prison. And, of course, he has these high, these really rich clientele that pay to have him uh, get some of his prisoners. And they turn him loose out in the jungle. And um, then he lets them hunt him down. Like, exactly like Hard Target or... The one, like I said, with the iced tea, um, and the the uh, there's the one guy that is the star. What's his name? Me 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 
Byron Bishop. He must be a must be a fucking some other name or something because uh, I believe he was Chinese. Um, he is actually a um, chi- undercover Chinese um, policeman or military policeman or whatever, and he's trying to figure out what's going on there and everything. So, um, but it, again, it was actually pretty good uh, for action. You know, straight up action movie and everything. Um, I really enjoyed it. I can't remember. I think I filmed that one on um, on. Prime, filming location Phnom Penh, uh, Cambodia, and I'm pretty sure it was a Chinese production. Production company Kong Chak Pictures or Altered Vision Pictures. Release date uh, 2019. Okay, anyway, um, I thought maybe I'd find some good uh, scoop on there. Uh, undercover Chinese cop Zin. Is a secret uh, international is on a secret international mission when a surprise raid puts him in a remote jungle prison that plays by its own rules. Yeah, that's the prisons you don't want to go to. The ones that play by their own rules. But I'll tell you what, I watched a um, I've been watching my ear itch. I've been watching um, some videos on YouTube of Uber Uber or Lyft riders and some of the things like where people try and scam them and things like that, or they're just really drunk and acting like assholes. But um, I watched one the other day, and it was really disturbing. Uh, older uh, guy was the um, Lyft driver, and the guy in the back seat was like, hey, I want to add another stop. And he goes, well, it's on the on the app. And he was like, well, I can't find it. And um, so he he tells the guy, he goes, is this it? So the driver kind of, he w- I think they, had, they were stopped. And he leaned back to look at the guy's phone to show him on the app where you did something. And the guy fucking grabbed him around the neck. And this was like a guy that looked like Michael Jai White. Grabbed the guy around the neck in like a chokehold. And he's like, shut the fuck up, bitch. Shut the fuck up, bitch, or I'll fucking kill you. I'll kill you right here. Yeah, give me all your fucking money. And the guy's like struggling and everything. And this guy just had him. I mean, there's nothing the guy could do because he had him in such a way from behind. And the guy's in the front seat and he and he's got his seat kind of leaned back. He couldn't do anything. And it was just awful watching this poor guy struggle. And this guy's like, you know, I'll fucking snap your fucking neck right here, you know. And, and uh, it was really violent and really, when you see real violence like that, it's really disturbing. And the guy just took like every, all his money, he took his phone, he took his, he, you know, all this shit. And then just got up and left and, you know, was walking down the street. I thought for sure the driver, because uh, it didn't appear like the guy had a gun or anything. I was like, if I was that guy, I would have started that fucking car up and made a U-turn and fucking ran that motherfucker right down in the middle of the road. I would have run him over, you know. But, I, I mean, you never know what you what you would do. But, um they say that I guess um, 
what I know Uber is like this. You're not allowed to have any weapons. But then there are people on YouTube that are Uber drivers or Lyft drivers and uh, that will give advice on things like, you know, watch for this scam, watch for that scam, and don't do this and don't do that and everything. And the one guy even said, he goes, hey, I know they say you're not allowed to, you know, c carry or have any kind of weapons or anything like that. But he said, you do what you need to do to stay safe. Uh, because, you know, you fought, say they say you're not allowed, if you work for Uber, you're not allowed to carry a, uh, you know, concealed weapon or any kind of weapon or anything like that. You know, yeah, okay, you follow the rules. Oh, I might get fired. Yeah, you might get dead too. So you better have something to, to, um, to uh, save yourself. And I, I think some of the people, there are like uh, plexiglass barriers that you can put up um, so that they can't, you know, get to you or whatever. There was one guy on there and he was driving and there were two African-American ladies in the back seat, and they seemed like they were a little bit, ha maybe a little bit hammered. And he, they were talking to him and they were laughing and he was laughing and everything. And this woman that was sitting behind him had a fucking semi-automatic pistol, like, right against the back of his seat and the whole time that he's talking and everything he did not even know that she had this gun out pointing right at the back of it, and she's just laughing her ass off like and i mean theoretically she could have shot him right through the seat or put the gun right up to his head and everything and he didn't even know it he they had cameras you know a lot of those are almost all of them uh they they uh have cameras in their car you know especially um it helps to um when somebody protests something or, you know, this one woman said that the guy, when he left, that he got in a argument with her and kicked her out. And she claimed that he ran over her foot, uh, when he left and he had her on camera and she was actually standing in front of the car, like by, by about 10 feet. And he backed, backed up, pulled out and left. She wasn't even close to it. So anyway, those are fun to watch, but they, like I said, they're kind of just, disturbing the violent ones are disturbing some of the other ones are pretty funny and and irritating that people can be you know that big of fucking douchebags um the one thing is you know uh you a lot of the people you know of course they want to work when there's the most traffic or the most people uh so they can um you know, they they work in the later hours when people are coming out of bars drunk and don't want to drive and stuff like that, and they have to deal with these drunks. It's like, God, I would not want to do that. And from what I understand from some of them, that they don't make enough money, and they said it's not even worth it. Um, let's see. Of course, I, I think I already talked about Stalked by My Doctor with uh, Eric Roberts. Somebody else online uh, got me to watch that and it was pretty entertaining and i guess there are like a several of them starring eric roberts i want to watch some of the other ones if you've ever watched um uh like lifetime movies and things like that they're pre after dark like after nine o'clock they're pretty sleazy which is they're fun you know uh, <laughs> because they are sleazy and that one was pretty good uh, stalked by my doctor um so i might um watch some more of those if i can find them online um Lady boys inside uh, Thailand's um, third gender. Again, I think I've talked about some of these. That was a documentary I watched um, about guys that go to Thailand um, to either, well, 
um, the one guy actually went over there and met a quote unquote lady boy and fell in love and they, you know, were going to get married. Well, they weren't allowed. I don't think they were allowed to get married over there, but they basically had a kind of a, a, um, pseudo ceremony and his son came over to visit them and, uh, you know, knowing that she was a biological male and spent time with them and everything. And it was, you know, it was it, the interesting part was showing him um, and his perception of everything and, and uh, how he reacted, but also how he, uh, in a short period of time, you know, just came to accept the person for who they were and that his dad was happy and everything like that. Um, and they actually asked him, they said, you know, do you think your father is gay? And he said, yeah, he goes, I, I do. And he goes, you know, I always wondered even before this, if he was, you know, or not. So it was an interesting, you know, um, look at, um, another, you know, segment of, of society, uh, let's see here. I'm trying to go down here. I, I don't want to do ones that I've already done. The legend lives on from the Chippewa home down at a big lake they call Gitchagumi. Wow. The reason I did that was because I watched Gordon Lightfoot, if uh, you could read my mind, the documentary about him, um, which was really good. Uh, I've always been a Gord fan, um, even when I was a little kid. And uh, the one thing that came out of that was I never knew that he was, that he dated uh, Kathy Evelyn Smith, who was the woman that gave uh, John Belushi the lethal speedball of cocaine and heroin and uh, killed him. Um, and uh, I, not apparently, but, uh, you know, to me, it was a, a revelation. Not only did I... did. Gord date Kathy Evelyn Smith, but he said that she was like the love of his life, and she had been like a backup singer uh, at one time for I think uh, a, f a few different groups. But um, she was also his inspiration for the song "Sundown." You know, "Sundown, you better take care if I find you've been creeping round my back stairs." And I did not know that. So that was the best, not the best part, but that was a really interesting part to come out of that. But that's a good documentary if you like musical documentaries. And Gord was around for a long time, and he's still around. I think he's like 93 or something. He's uh, one of uh, my coworkers is a big Gordon Lightfoot fan and uh, has went to see him in concert several times and really, really likes him. We talk, I always talk to him and tease him a little bit about Gord. Uh, let's see here. Okay, I'm gonna get. I'm gonna ditch this list, biatch, because I think that I don't think there's anything. I think I've talked about all this stuff. Uh, Auschwitz with Uwe that was done by Uwe Boll. Uh, blah blah blah. Dread, of course, talked about that a million times. La 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 I'm not going to do the high part because I can't. I watched Alien Resurrection. Um, I had only seen this, I think, one time, and it was a long, long time ago. Didn't remember much about it at all. 
I actually enjoyed it for what it was. There's, It's nowhere near as good as any of the other ones that came before it. But it's entertaining because you have... Um, uh, I mean, they figured out a way to bring Sigourney Weaver back, you know, uh, or at least sort of. And um, But I always like the when they... Um, movies where they uh, assemble a team of... Um, people to you know take on a task and of course Sigourney is the is the only one that you know the team is already assembled it's a uh, a group of kind of uh piratish uh rogue elements um kind of like people that would hang out with like in Han Solo's world now that would have been cool if they would have if like one of the guys would have been like uh you know Han Solo and uh or, or, you know, something like that. Anyway, meh, that's just a thought. Uh, but this was actually written by um, Dan O'Bannon. O'Bannon I want to say O'Banion. Um, and, uh, ooh, Josh Whedon. Uh, let's see. Winona Ryder was okay in this. I like that she wasn't just a puss. <laughs> but like I said, Ron Perlman, I always like him. He's always really good. J.E. Freeman... <coughs> <clears throat> and Brad Dourif. There, there's a lot of Raymond Cruz. There's a lot of people in this. Leland Orser. Uh, or, um, yeah, Orser. Uh, people that you have seen a million times. Uh, Dan uh, Hedaya, who was uh, in uh, Night of the... Was he in Night of, Was it Night of the Juggler? Yeah, because he was the one that was shooting with the nut that was shooting at... Um, Brolin with a fucking shotgun right on the middle of a crowded street in New York. Uh, but he was also uh, Carla's hus- husband in um, uh, Cheers. Uh, like I said, Ron Perlman's character was really good. Um, and I like, I, you know, it, it was, it's just kind of a fun, stupid action movie. And, um, you know, I don't know, wasn't that great. <laughs> But like I said, it's it's this that I probably watched that like three months ago. <laughs> so you know, trying to fucking give it a, a like any kind of review. I just like I said, I, I think Rolf said that he hated it, and I was like, eh, you know, just sitting down watching a, a, a kind of a, a dumb fun action movie. It wasn't bad, but you know, like I said, it, compared to uh, one, two, and three, it was you know obviously the worst. Um, and I did watch Aliens three or Alien 3, uh, three times the suspense, three times the danger, three times the terror. <laughs> uh, directed by David Fincher, again, written by Dan O'Bannon. Um, and um, I always like this one, even though uh, for a long time a lot of people shit on it uh, big time. I like the idea of, um, you know, when you had all the Marines and stuff like that with their flamethrowers and like uh, plasma guns or whatever the fuck they were, and technology that they had in the second uh, Aliens movie, the idea of putting them, uh, putting one of them on a planet that is um, where they have like really no uh, modern weapons whatsoever. And I also liked the idea of putting Ripley uh, on this planet and the planet being a kind of a monastery of um, criminals. 
uh, rapists, murderers, and stuff like that. That um, I, I thought that was really a, you know a cool thing because of a certain amount of it gave a lot of depth to uh, the characters, but also it, it gave a new twist to uh, the the storyline, the movies and everything. You're putting this woman on this uh, planet colony uh, that is nothing but men. Uh, a lot of them are sex offenders um, and they haven't seen a woman in I don't know how long. Uh, several of them, they have almost taken on like a monk-like st state, but uh, under the circumstances of, um, again, with her being thrust into the situation, totally changes everything, and there's that temptation uh, to revert to what they were before, but then you throw in the xenomorph, and um you know of course they have to they have to band together to to survive but then there's also a uh a thing of hopelessness and uh you know fear and everything else that leads some of them to just you know totally revert back to what they are so that ripley is not only has to worry about the fucking xenomorph, but then she has these fucking shitheads, some of them that just want to, you know, freaking rape her or whatever. So, but I, I really did like that one. Charles S. Dutton, I really liked him in it. Um, I kind of hoping, okay, I just looked, I was hoping that I didn't pull the cord out here <laughs> with my foot when I just moved. I like Charles S. Dutton in this a lot, and I kind of, um, you know, I would have liked to have seen him in some other stuff, uh, too. I mean, I remember when he was on the show Rock, and he was on, and that was a, a pretty big show at the time. We watched it quite a bit, you know, when it was on. And um, I know that he was actually in prison for murdering a guy uh, at one time. And, of course, you have Lance Henriksen in this, which is, I always like in these movies when Bishop or something that's sort of Bishop-ish, uh, shows up and that is even in the uh, alien versus predator movies uh when lance henriksen shows up you know i i kind of like the idea that you know you have the bishop um um i don't know would he be more like a um replicant or i guess sort of uh but anyway, um, <laughs> I like the idea of there being a, a well, it reminds me of the Blade Runner 2 book um, that, you know, you had Roy Batty in Blade Runner, the, the replicant, the battle, you know, uh, replicant or whatever uh, combat model. And then there being a, an actual person that he is, you know, that, that created him, that he was based on. And it's the same thing with Bishop. You know, you had Bishop in, you know, the the different movies, but then having someone out there that was the the creator of either the creator or the model of who they modeled him after. I thought that was always kind of a cool concept. And let's see here. What are we doing? Are we watching more movies? 
Uh, got uh, Walking Paul, Tall, <laughs> Walking Paul, <laughs> Walking Tall Part 2, uh, or on some of the movie posters, it is called Part 2 Walking Tall. Uh, not a big thing there, but I mean, uh, you know, I just remember it being, I think I, I remember the TV commercials when it first came out. Uh, it was Part 2 Walking Tall. Uh, 1975, this is directed by uh, Earl Bellamy, and I wonder if he's related to Ralph Bellamy. Yeah, I'm not going to look it up. Anyway, uh, starring Bo Svensson, Luke Askew. Uh, we also have in this, this one I, I like the cast, this John Davis Chandler. He always played like a little creepy guy, kind of almost like a Lee Harvey Oswald type dude. Leif Garrett is in this, and I think he was in, uh, I'm trying to think if he was in the first one with Joe Don Baker or not. He always played, uh, he was this little kid at the time, but he always played, Buford Pusser's son, Mike. Um, Bruce Glover. Um, let's see who else we got here. Yeah. Uh, Angel Tompkins was really fucking hot in this. And I wanted, I need to look up some other stuff that she was in because I always thought she was really sexy in this movie. She's a, she tries to seduce Buford Pusser. Uh, and she's uh, kind of working for the uh, the bad dudes. Richard Jekyll is always good. Noah Barry Jr. Uh, was Rocky Rockford in the Rockford Files. Do 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 do. Wow wow wow. Let's see what else this Angel Tompkins was in. You guys have probably seen her in other stuff because you like watching sleazy movies. Straight to hell. She's still around. She's going. She's. Uh, in a movie that's in pre-production called Go Straight to Hell. See me got, 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 photo, photo, photograph of you and mama, 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 son. Of you and mama, 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 son. That's the clash, Straight to Hell. See, we have music on this show, but we don't have to have, like, bullshit, you know, technical stuff. Uh, God, she goes back to 1963. She was on General Hospital. Wild Wild West. I used to watch that show all the time with Jim West and Artemis Gordon. That was Robert Conrad. Uh, let's see here. I want to see some, some movies, of course. Mannix. Lots of TV. She's a little hottie. I know she was. She, she had lots of TV. Okay, there's Walk, uh, Walking Tall Part 2. I wonder if she was in anything else. Though. Three's Company. Uh, I don't know. It's Chips. She must have just been a alligator. She played a newswoman in Alligator, which we all love that movie. ER, Knott's Landing, Fall Guy. Well, I'm not the kind to kiss and tell, but I've been seen with Farrah. Murphy's Law. Is that Charles Bronson? Yes, it is. She was in that. Um, uh, what was she in? Let's see, where's Murphy's? Now I lost my fucking place. Daddy-o. Uh, let's see. T.J. Hooker. Okay, so lots of TV, but she, she was pretty hot. She was one of those chicks that, um, um, uh, could, like, dress up as, like, she would, could be, like, a librarian that you, but you still wanted a banger or a school teacher or something. Uh, look kind of... Like, uh, she could be really stuffy, but uh, uh, you would still look at her and go, well, I'd like to bang her. Logan Ramsey is also in um, 
this movie, Walking Tall Part Two, uh, and he plays like the big boss. Uh, uh, that's the head of kind of all of the, I guess, the Dixie Mafia. And I've been like, uh, of course, I have that one book, The State Line Mob, which is all about the, you know, what really happened with Buford Pusser and what they they called, the, you know, the State Line Mob and or the Dixie Mafia. And there's a guy, Kirksey, um, oh, shit, what's that fucker's name? <sighs> shit. D-D-D. I gotta remember that I'm fucking recording. Kirksey. He was the guy, one of the guys that was responsible for Kirksey Nix. He was the guy, the guy that they think masterminded uh, the hit on Buford Pusser where uh, his wife got killed. They ambushed him and his wife got killed and he got the his face, like his entire jaw blown off his face and all that shit. Uh, but of all the guys that they think were involved, he was the one that, I think he ordered the hit and he... Um, I don't know if he was in the car or not, but he uh, never um, would admit it. And they said that there was, they think it was pretty well known that it was him, but he was in prison and he would never, ever, even till his dying day, would admit that he was the one who did it. And it seemed like this Dixie Mafia kind of a thing. It wasn't like, and it's still around, it, but it wasn't like the... Um, the Italian mafia where you had the families and all this and that and the you know real structure what it when they're talking about it what it kind of reminded me of was um, like Christopher Walken in at close range uh, where him and his brothers and uh, some of their friends were almost like kind of a gang of thieves and and would be involved in different things like that and like in that movie um, when Sean Penn asked Christopher Walken, you know, and he was telling him about what they did, like they would steal tractors, and that's a true story. That that whole thing was a true story, but it took place kind of up, up around, I think, like Justin Oberholzer country in Pennsylvania, in the in the, the um, I don't know if it'd be like the Amish area, but in the farming area in uh, eastern Pennsylvania. Uh, but Sean Penn, who was his son, asked him, you know, is this organized? And he was like, organized? He, you know, is like, like, it's not like the, the mafia or something like that. He said, you know, I know guys who, they know guys, everybody knows somebody. And, you know, we all know enough people to get the job done or whatever. And so it's a, it's a bunch of, uh, you know, criminals that are like a loose, loose group or loose knit bunch of criminals that all kind of work together and help each other either kill people or steal stuff or fence things and things like that um but it's an interesting thing there there is a book called uh mississippi mud about the dixie mafia that's really good uh, again the the movie or the book the state line mob if you want to know more about 
like the whole walking t- the real story of walk the walking tall movie and that gang of people that were on like the Mississippi I think Alabama uh, border and um, then later on with that Kirk C Nix and being in prison he had like a a um, a uh, bunch of schemes that he did from prison uh, where they would, uh, you know, do these, this was before the internet uh, where they would have like lonely hearts things. And uh, they would get these guys, uh, these gay men would write them uh, thinking they were writing like some, some young guy, almost like to catch a predator or something like that, except for criminal purposes. And they would have these guys send them money and all kinds of stuff like that. Um, and make money that way. And then use all the stuff to blackmail the guys, um, after the fact. So that's, you know, pretty interesting thing. I liked walking tall part two. Um, of course, Joe Don Baker, uh, didn't I don't know why maybe he just didn't want to get stuck as just playing the same you know character the Buford Buster character but I like Bo Svensson in the part um he was he if you read you know anything about uh the real Buford Pusser, I, I don't think his family liked the Bo Svensson casting as much not because of how he looked or his acting but uh he kind of played it off more as uh, like a kind of a country uh, boy, kind of, country boy kind of a guy, whereas his parents, uh, well, I think his mom said that, um, you know, he always dressed really nice and drove nice cars and things like that, whereas um, Bo Svensson plays him more as kind of a rednecky kind of a guy as far as how he dresses and his appearance and stuff like that, which is not, you know, not that big of a deal, but still. Uh, but it's a it's a good movie. It's got some good action in it. Um, again, I like the one scene where uh, Richard Jekyll plays Stud Pardee, and he's got I think it was a like a Camaro, this blue Cam- uh, old Camaro with uh, well not at the time old, but uh, souped up uh, blue Camaro with white stripes and everything. And he's always you know running moonshine and uh, and um, somebody calls uh, Buford Pusser at the uh, at the uh, police department or whatever, and tells him that they saw that car um, at this uh, auction or something that they were having, like the stock sale, which uh, my uncle Stevie used to take me when I was a little boy to the stock sale at this, uh, at this place that's around where I live now. But uh, I don't, I don't even know if they have it anymore, but you would go there and buy cows or, or uh, goats or sheep or chickens or whatever. And the people would bid on them and everything. So it was always interesting. Um, but that's a good scene. And then um, just, it's a pretty violent movie for, especially for the time. And Walking Tall was definitely, it was, it was, uh, I had that book, uh, Ultraviolent Films, and it was definitely considered an ultraviolent film in the, in the way that like Bonnie and Clyde was, uh, or The Wild Bunch, you know, those were movies that, uh, you always had like John Wayne movies and things like that in the, in the, um, or, you know, say like the fifties and, uh, early to mid sixties, but they really wouldn't show, you know, the squibs and things like that. But then once you hit with like Bonnie and Clyde, the wild bunch walking tall, you know, it got into the ultra violent stuff, uh, you know, where, you know, showing the really, really bad, uh, things that they probably wouldn't show before. Uh, I watched bound, 
which is a Lana and Lily Wachowski um, directed movie starring uh, Jennifer Tilly and Gina Gershon and Joe Pantoliani. Pantoliano. <laughs> Joey Pants. I always, I, I never could stand him, but in this one he was actually pretty good. He didn't, he didn't irritate me as much as he usually does. Um, now this movie, what was funny about this was it, it was always, you know, you always see, you know, all bound. It was so hot and sexy and everything. And, it, and I guess there were parts of it that were, but when you watch it now, it's really not that bad at all. The sex scene's really not bad. Uh, it's kind of almost like a disappointment because <laughs> Jennifer Tilly really doesn't show anything, uh, and uh, it's short. And they, you know, it wasn't. It was kind of, I guess, a little bit titillating, but it wasn't that bad. But I guess at the time, uh, this was 1996. Um, you know, dealing with uh, uh, two characters uh, that are, le- you know, uh, lesbian or bisexual was a kind of a big thing at the time. And um, let's see, uh, so surprised to see uh, Christopher Maloney show up in this. He was pretty sleazy, little uh, fucking piece of sh- uh, shit. Uh, John P. Ryan, I always like him. He was, uh, uh, what the heck else was he in? I think he was at Runaway Train for sure, yeah. He was the the um, warden in Runaway Train, Um that was like they were like that's your mama's fart hole rankin the bitch is loud and uh <laughs> he was in hoffa uh with uh, jack nicholson and um danny devito <laughs> i don't know why i said it that way oh he was also in white sands which i just talked about he was one of the arms dealers in that which he was pretty good he's always good um he played uh what else best of the best this show's gonna suck (laughs) i'm off my game i'm sorry people (laughs) what movie was this bound but it was pretty good you know it was like a noir kind of a thing and um uh you know one of those ones with uh you know uh twists and uh um everybody trying to like trying to or not everybody trying to outsmart each other but the two main protagonists trying to outsmart these knuckleheads uh it would have been better if it would have had like the three stooges in it i think maybe them making love (laughs) i watched specter again which was directed by sam uh mendes or mendes um and uh, of course starring christopher uh, christopher varse and Daniel Craig as James Bond. Um, I liked it better this time than I did the first time I saw it. Uh, again, the only real problem that that I had with it, and this is both times, is I just don't like them. Um, the relationship between James Bond and Blofeld uh that there was this long ago thing relationship there uh because if if they're going along with the rest of the James Bond uh series of movies like they did with uh Casino Royale and Skyfall 
and that that uh, it's the younger James Bond becoming James Bond that we knew and all this and that. I mean, you know, Blofeld was around for a long time, and then you're already having them meet uh, in this one, which is supposed to have taken place before all the other ones with Sean Connery and and Roger Moore and whoever else. And um, then, well, I think it would just be, well, Lazenby, Sean Connery, and I think that's it. I don't know if Blofeld was around during Roger Moore. I don't, for some reason, I want to say he, that he, I don't think he was. Uh, but Batista, Dave Bautista was in this, and I really liked him in this. I like Rory Kinnear as a reoccurring character in this, and also Rafe Fiennes as M. Uh, especially in, in Skyfall at the end when uh, Bond goes in to see Ray Fiennes and, and uh, he addresses him as M uh, for the first time. And that almost gives me like a, like a cold chill, or not a cold chill, but like douche, douche, uh, what do you call it? Something. Douche chills. Just because I thought it was cool. Um, and the return of Jesper Christensen as Mr. White. Uh, it always makes me want to go back and watch the uh, like the uh, the the other ones to see you know uh, Quantum of Solace. I just didn't really like that one that much, uh, but I still kind of I've only seen it I think twice, and after watching this one, I still would like to go back and watch those ones in order again just to see the different characters and you know remember different things. But I, I thought this was good. I just did not like... That's the one thing I always say that I, I have a problem with is them trying to kind of rewrite history, sort of. Uh, rewrite canon. Uh, starring... Uh, not Robert Conrad. William Conrad was canon. Robert Conrad was always in really good shape and a little fucking cocky shit uh, who wore tight pants in the wild, wild west. And William Cannon was the original Matt Dillon on the radio show Gunsmoke and played Cannon and in Jake and the Fat Man. I watched Passion, uh, directed by Brian D. Palma. (laughs) And it was written by Brian D. Palma uh, and Natalie Carter from the film Crime d'Amour and Alain Cournot. It stars Rachel McAdams and Numi Rapace and Caroline Herth, Herforth, Herforth. Uh, I thought this was okay. I mean, it wasn't. It didn't rock my world or anything. Sort of, sort of like bound in in. Uh, you know, you have these two chicks that are doing shit, and you know they have like lesbian. I was gonna say undertones, but overtones and undertones. Um, D Palma. I guess he's directed before. Some people like him. Um, I like some of his movies. Uh, he had he has fallen off, but I mean, you know, a lot of these guys. I mean, they get old, and uh, you know, see what you know, I liked. Uh, just a lot of stuff that he did. Uh, what we got here? Let's look real quick. I know what they are, but I I can't remember shit these days. Oh, twas in another lifetime, one of toil and blood. When darkness was a virtue, the road was full of mud. I came in from the wilderness, a creature void of form. Come in, she said, I'll give you shelter from the storm. Uh, Carrie, of course. The Fury, I like the Fury with uh, Kirk Douglas and um, 
Stella Stevens' son, <laughs> Andrew. Dress to Kill, I like that. I like Blowout. Scarface, Body Double. Uh, wise Guys, was that uh, Burt Lancaster and Kirk Douglas? No, no, no. Joe Piscopo. <laughs> Danny DeVito and Joe Piscopo. No, I have not seen that one. I'm going to have to check that one out, though. Harvey Keitel's in it, too. Um, let me make a little note of this. Because, I mean, you know, it might suck ass, but uh, it, it would probably be worth watching since I haven't seen it. Joe Piscopo is a, a, a legend, of course. Wise guys. Well, I've never even heard of that. Uh, let's see. Phantom in Paradise. I still, I have never seen that. Uh, I know that Yun's guys have. The Untouchables, I like that. Casualties of War. I thought that was pretty good, but it's, you know, it's kind of, it's disturbing. And uh, Michael J. Fox is just a tiny little guy. Uh, I haven't seen Raising Cane. Carlito's Way, I like that. Mission Impossible, the first one. I did like that one. Snake Eyes. It was okay and i appreciate the all the uh you know the one take you know things and all that shit camera work mission to mars still have not seen that i think that's val is it? no 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 i did see that i saw that in the theater um with my friend and it was not great it i think for i i saw it one time and i remember it kind of trying to be maybe a little 2001ish sort of um, or that it, it was, um, I think it was hyped as being, you know, oh, you know, uh, if you, you know, like uh, sort of that kind of type of science fiction slash science fact based movie. And it wasn't that good. Femme Fatale, um, that was another one that I thought would be, you know, you're like, oh my God, you know, from the all the um, uh, trailer and everything. Oh my God, Rebecca Romaine, you know, oh, she's so hot and everything. But I remember kind of being disappointed in that one, even though she's really hot and still hot. Uh, I was Peter Coyote and I like the Banderas. Um, I haven't seen that one in a while. So maybe I need to, to re, re, uh, take a look at that one. Re, re take a look at that. One. Black Dahlia sucked. The only good thing was watching Scarlett Johansson's boobs bounce when she's walking down the steps. Uh, passion. That's the one I was just talking about. Domino. Was that, uh, who's that? Nicolaj Castawaldo. I like him, but I've never heard of this. A Copenhagen police officer seeks justice for his partner's murder by a mysterious man. And, uh, does that have Guy Pierce in it? G, a Guy guy? Let's see. Who else we got in here? Yeah, Guy Pierce is in this. Uh, I have never even heard of this one. It's a new one. And it came out in 2019. Domino. So maybe I'll make a little note of checking that one out too. What's it get on uh, IMDb? 4.4 out of 10 stars. Wow. I still might look at it though, because I don't go by that shit. Uh, Brian De Palma also has one called Sweet Vengeance. Starring uh, Wagner Mora. I don't know. It doesn't even say what that's a boot. Plot unknown. Reportedly a murder mystery inspired by two real-life murders. Pfft, fart noise. Uh, Catch and Kill. Brian De Palma written and directed. Plot unknown. Described as a horror film set in Hollywood featuring a predatory movie mogul. 
wow, maybe that's kind of like uh, Harvey Weinstein, and but he's actually uh, a fucking murderous alien or something. I don't know. Passion was okay. It wasn't great. The Wrestler, starring Mickey Rourke. You know, I really loved this when it first came out, and then I haven't watched it in a long time, and I watched it the other day. And I was a little disappointed. I didn't think it was nearly as good as what I thought it was when I first saw it. Uh, this was directed by Darren Aronofsky and shows Marissa Tamo. <laughs> Marissa Tomei, uh, very naked, even though she's a little bit of an older lady. How old is that Tomei? Marissa Tomei. Told me. She's probably as old as me. She's probably an old broad. Uh, oh my god. She is actually a year older than me. God. I like I thought that old broad looked good in this. Let's see, but when was this out? I probably looked good when this when this was out. Okay, so she's fifty-six now, and I and now now how old is Beaver Bowser? <laughs> it went all the way back to that. Where's the wrestler? There it is. Darren Aronofsky. He looks weird. He has like a little cheesy porn mustache. Or not even a porn mustache. He has a mustache like Ed Norton had in the Italian job, which made him look like a little fucking sleazy weasel. This was out. The Rassler was out in 2008. It is now 2021. So yeah, I probably look pretty good then too. So, you know, eh, whatever. Um, yeah, I just kind of, I, I, I couldn't get into it as much this time, and I didn't think it was that good. I don't know. I guess Mickey Rourke had some good scenes in it, but uh, some of the other stuff just, eh, that's kind of fart noise. Um, take Me Home Tonight. Uh, let's see what we're doing on time here. Our, okay, we got about uh, 55 more minutes. Take Me Home Tonight was a movie that my one of my friends uh, kind of, I was a... Uh, Captive Audience uh, from 2011. This was directed by Michael Douse. And uh, it starred Topher Grace, Anna Ferris, Dan Fogler. Not Dan Fogelberg. Dan Fogler. Michael Bean was in this. He was really good. Uh, Chris Pratt was also in this. They were kind of secondary characters. Uh, Michael Bean played Topher Grace's dad, who is a policeman. Um, Chris Chris Chris. Pratt is Anna Ferris's boyfriend in this, and he's kind of a meathead. It's basically, oh, Bob Odenkirk is also in this, but not very long. Angie Everhart is in this, and she shows her boobies. She has a really nice, uh, I'm sure they're fake, but she looked really good. How old is Angie Everhart now? She dated Stallone, and she also dated supposedly Howard Stern, but then some people speculate that she was a another beard for Howard. Oh, Angie Everhart. Just a good-looking lady. I was going to look up her net worth. Like, who gives a shit? Oh, hell, she's close to my age. Five foot ten. Big old redhead. <laughs> she wasn't in very many movies. She was in The Last Action Hero. She was in Bigfoot from 2009. Bandito. I think that she was one of these ones that uh, I, when Stern dated her, supposedly, 
Um, he said all she wanted to do was just lay around all day. Kind of like one of these ones that just wanted to lay around all day, napping and eating bonbons. Whatever. He's probably just a liar. <laughs> Kill Bill Volume 1. Uh, watch this again. Oh, but anyway, that Take Me Home Tonight, it's got like a... Uh, kind of like hijinks. Lots of hijinks. <laughs> I'm glad I went back just to tell you guys that. Uh, after awakening from four years in a coma, a former assassin wreaks vengeance on the team of assassins who betrayed her. Uh, written and directed by Quentin Tarantino. And um, it says written by also Uma Thurman, based on the character The Bride, created by Uma Thurman, I guess. Um, stars Uma Thurman, David Carradine, Daryl Hannah, uh, Michael Madsen, Vivica A. Fox, Lucy Liu, Julie Dreyfus, not Julia Louis Dreyfus, but Julia Dreyfus, uh, Chucky Kuriyama, who plays Gogo Yabari, Sunny Chiba, or Shinichi Chiba, as Hattori Hanzo. Uh, we like all this stuff. Um, Gordon Liu, who is Chai Hu Liu. Chai Hu Liu. Chai Hu Liu. Whatever. Michael Parks, always good. And uh, Kenji Oba as Kenji Oba. Bald guy from the sushi shop. Um, good, good movie. I really enjoy this. James Parks. I think that's Michael Parks' real son, I believe. Uh, but anyway, we've watched it a million times. Love the action. Uh, not too... I like... I love Uma. I was going to say like, but I love Uma. But um, her, she has... Her feet look like my feet. And that's not pretty. Now, Quentin Tarantino uh, might like her feet. but And I'm sure if, you know... If she was a good person, like made good cookies and pizza and stuff like that, and could protect me from the crazy 88, I would not complain. But I'd make her wear slippers or socks all the time. Uh, I started watching Evil, which is a series um, started in 2019. And the reason I started watching it is that it stars, one of the stars is Mike Coulter, who played Luke Cage on Netflix. Um, this looks pretty good. Um, it's, but again, when I was talking about some of these, uh, series that I started watching that are a shitload of episodes, I mean, this motherfucker must have fucking 50 episodes in the first season, but there is a chick and, uh, played by Katya, uh, Erbers. And she is an attorney, a prosecutor, and um, she. It, it has a lot of. Um, paranormal stuff going on, and I think she is kind of a non-believer. And Michael or Mike Coulter. Uh, is working for the church, and he is a believer in all this stuff. But he, they're going around, uh, him and his partner are going around dispelling uh, or trying to explain or dispel or not dispel uh, these um, paranormal happenings. 
and they ask her to go along and help and she says well you know i'm not a believer or whatever and they said that's cool that's what we want we want somebody we don't want a yes person we want somebody who can you know give a a critical eye but also you know call it like it's call it like you see it and everything uh lots of uh well it's called evil so i mean you know you kind of get that stuff so far i'm not that fucking into it it's not lighting my fire and i have only watched like maybe three episodes and then i look and i'm like god i got all these other episodes to go and i'm not even that's one thing where i will get on um um, now, if it's if it's something that's on Netflix or Prime, which well, the funny thing about this one was, I think I got on uh, Prime or one of these um, uh, streaming channels and actually bought the first season. And then, goddamn it, if it wasn't like uh, just a couple of days later, they put it out on uh, the, uh, one of the streaming services for free. So I think they were trying to make as much money as they could off of. Of, off of uh, charging people to watch it and I was the last person to put them over the top before they would put it on like Prime or whatever uh, but again so far it's okay I've heard a lot about it and heard it was really good so maybe I just need to stick with it but I hate wasting my time if if I'm not getting into it and I don't like it that much you know but I'll I'll eventually watch them all I guess maybe I watched the son of uh, the sons of Sam: A Descent into uh, Darkness. This is a really good um, documentary on Netflix about uh, the son of Sam murders, and uh, got a lot of good uh, news footage and things like that. And people that worked the case, people that uh, followed it uh, from the you know newspapers and things like that. And it gives you a lot of different scenarios and some conspiracy theories and things like that. It's really good. It's worth a watch. You would enjoy it. Uh, Backy. I'm still watching Backy. The thing I like about Backy, which uh, is a an anime or a, a series, is that each episode is only like maybe... It's kind of like One Punch Man, where each episode is maybe like... 20 minutes long or something so yeah and they're all really entertaining uh backy goes and uh you know fights these guys uh, either in tournaments or on the street and they'll they'll talk about the uh the villain and they'll give him you know the lowdown on what he does and who he is and you know uh like uh you know uh let's see oh i don't know how to explain it but uh say uh sikorsky he is, you know, da 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 da, and you know, uh, six foot seven, two hundred and ninety pounds, and uh, you know, a vicious street fighter, da, 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 and then they'll go right back to the story. But right in the middle of the story, as somebody shows up, they'll kind of give like a a, a a background of you know who he is and what he does, and and how he can fight and everything. And they have some really entertaining fights in this. Uh, the, like every episode has really entertaining fights and you know, really vicious and nasty shit. And uh, it's it really is fun to watch. I like this one a lot. Uh, dee, 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 the Vault. Uh, this was from 2017. Uh, directed and written by Dan Bush. Uh, it stars James Franco, who I'm understanding is a real piece of sleazy, creepy piece of shit. Uh, now, <laughs> Scott Hayes, uh, who was in the movie where the guy wipes his ass with a stick and is a uh, mumbling weirdo, uh, lives out in the woods and 
necrophilia and all that shit. I can't remember what that was called now. God's Children or something like that. Uh, Taryn Manning and uh, Clint Eastwood's daughter. Francesca Eastwood is in this, and she's a little hottie. I like this one. I think some of you have watched it and didn't said they did not like it. I really liked it. I liked it. So I don't care what you say. <laughs> I liked it! No, I really did. I've watched this one about three or four times, and I enjoy the um, the weird creepiness of the whole thing. Beginning to end. Fart noise. Anyway, <laughs> I started watching Kengan Ashura. It's a, a, a Japanese anime series started in 2019. Just started this one, and like Baki, it kind of follows a similar format. And uh, a timid old man is summoned by his chairman to become the manager of Tokita Oma, a highly skilled gladiator who only cares about fighting and winning uh, in the Kengan matches. And um, this fucker, hey, this fucker here, he is, um, again, he's real cocky and he's, uh, he's kind of like Backy. Uh, a lot of similarities there. But they put this um, like little twerpy kind of guy with him to be his like kind of uh, to kind of shadow him, follow him around, and uh, be his like little helper. And it's kind of that's the the one of the funny things is just watching how he reacts and you know to the fights and everything and how cocky um, what's his face is uh, Oman Tikita. But it's it's a fun, and, and you know that's what's funny is I'm looking down through here at all the uh, voices because you know uh, they uh, of course all have uh, 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 Anglo people doing the voices except well only one, one there, uh, Kaji Tang, who is the one for uh, Oma Takita, uh, Hideki. Uh, there's a lot of uh, I guess you know these people must make some pretty good money doing these. Uh, these voices, the only, you know, the only like voice person that I know, like, like Billy West. Uh, and I did watch a couple of documentaries about uh, Ren and Stempy. And Billy West, of course, was involved in all that. And that John Kay. And um, if you don't, I had never heard anything about it, but it was a, those documentaries are really good. One of them's called Happy, Happy, Joy, Joy. And then I think there is one called like the. Uh, the Demon Within, or something like that. Ren and Stempy, The Demon Within, about this guy, John Kay, who was the creator of Ren and Stempy. And um, he, uh, of course, that show became so huge and so popular that everybody, you know, he would get all these people that wanted to, you know, especially young uh, people that wanted to work on the show and get involved in the animation and all that. Uh, and, um, Apparently, John Kay was involved with like a fucking 14 year old girl, a couple of them. You know, they would send him things and say, you know, I'm an artist and I love drawing and this and that. And, uh, and I, you know, uh, love your show. And I just wanted to know how to get into it. He'd start corresponding with them. And of course, then ends up he's a fucking like a, a grooming them and, and, uh, and, and actually gets in like a relationship. So not like, he, you know, of course, it's all, you know, it's statutory rape if they're under the, uh, age of consent and, and things like that. But, um, 
he developed relationships with them and like you know the one the one not the, the one girl the, one of the specific ones had her move in with him and they were like a uh companions and you know like a, a couple and she was underage and and i guess you know everybody all these people that worked with him knew it and it was another one of these hollywood things where nobody i don't know if it was nobody would say anything or or whatever but it's it really is interesting you know and again i never watched the show i was familiar with ren and stempy because of um like my ex-girlfriend's little brother and stuff watched it and uh, and i knew what it was and i knew the kind of humor and everything but i and i knew i, I you know i guess a lot of uh, adults watched it too because it's so weird and freaky and and uh, you know fun and, and and crazy but the whole john k thing is really uh it's worth a watch to watch some of those documentaries about him i became familiar with him because he was billy west was actually on howard stern as one of the uh, you know writer comedian kind of people that did voices in while the radio show was on in howard tv and um they had John Kay come in uh, to the studio one time by surprise to surprise Billy because there was a big uh, blow up uh, on Ren and Stempy where John Kay wanted uh, to get all the people that worked on the show together and almost kind of union, sort of a, a makeshift unionization where they would say, okay, we'll, we'll all walk out uh, if you don't give us what we want. Uh, and apparently, you know, everybody said, yeah, we'll walk out. Well, then they went to Billy West and said, you know, Hey, can you do what, how about if we just hire you and you can do all the voices? And he goes, okay. <laughs> and so Howard thought that, um, that it would be, you know, really uncomfortable. And it was the, the whole interview and everything is really uncomfortable, uh, watching it and everything. But that's how I became aware of, uh, this John Kay. And again, if you get a chance, uh, there's some documentaries on YouTube. And then the one, uh, the happy, happy, joy, joy one uh, is, I think you have to pay for it. You have to rent it. I'm sure it's out there somewhere uh, by other means. Uh, let's see what else we have here, darling. Kengura Shora. Uh, the Rover. The Rover is on YouTube, and it was uh, for free. It was directed by David Michaud. Uh, and um, Joel Edgerton, hmm. David Michaud, and Joel Edgerton. Uh, of course, stars Guy Pierce, Robert uh, Pattinson. I really like this one. I watched it again when I saw that it was on YouTube for free. I really, really fucking like it. I like the story. I like the whole um, kind of post Well, it's I don't know if it's an apocalypse, apocalyptic uh, thing. I think it's. The, the way they explained it was it was kind of like more like a, a you know there's a big crash uh, of all you know the world economy and everything and everything is just in kind of dystopian but it's not like Mad Max or anything like that it's just everybody's poor and nobody has anything and it's kind of like the Great Depression you know in the US like the Dust Bowl the Grapes of Wrath and things like that um, and um I like everything about this one. I, I it um, it uh, it works for me. If you if you will, what they give it on here? Six point four out of ten. I don't I don't think I would agree with that. 
Uh, I finally watched the third season of American Gods, a uh, series I have been following and really like. Um, this season was, to me, was not as good. It was good, not as good as the first two. I do not like Shadow Moon with fucking hair. Uh, <laughs> that's just a that's just nitpicking. And I believe that. Um, uh, 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 Mr. Wednesday, Ian McShane. I think he got his teeth done. I don't know if he got new false teeth, if he had false teeth before and got new false teeth, or if he got caps or what, but it really bothered me. And his teeth are super white, super straight, and they kind of stick out a little bit. <laughs> and you can kind of tell when he's talking, I think. Uh, Rick Whit Ricky Whittle plays Shadow Moon. I love uh, Emily Browning. She plays Laura Moon. Um, uh, Bruce Langley is good as Technical Boy, but uh, uh, he's a little douchebag, so I hate him, which is what he's supposed to be. Um, Omid Abati uh, 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 plays Salim. I like him. He's a good character. Crispin Glover is in this he plays mr uh, world and there's some stuff going on there that is this season um there's some stuff going on with mr world that kind of made me go uh what <laughs> and then oh okay uh mr uh ibis is demore barnes pablo schreiber um was not He's not in this season, so I don't know if he... I guess after maybe the second season, he decided maybe he didn't want to... He wasn't going to do it anymore, but I liked him. He was great in this as Mad Sweeney. Um, I wish that we would see him again. You never know. <laughs> Mr. Nancy. Uh, Orlando Jones is Mr. Non Mr. Nancy. Uh, he worked with uh, Mr. Ibis, uh, and he is he was really good in the... I think first and second season is Mr. Nancy. Uh, the Jin, I liked the Jin in the first season, and Peter Stormar has been, I think, in all three seasons as Chernabog. Uh, really, there are some really just great uh, uh, characters and great visuals and everything in this. Um, again, I like the you know the the show The Preacher. Uh, if you like the preacher, you'll probably like this, uh, the book and all that stuff. It's uh, good to follow along. Uh, but again, shadow moon with the fucking hair. I, I just am not digging that at all. No way. Dig it. Started watching the, uh, I think, is it the third or f I think the fourth season of Mr. Robot. I'm about six episodes in and uh, enjoying it. I like the other ones. I forgot all about it. And then, uh, uh, it did come up on, I think, Amazon Prime. Uh, so I am back into it, uh, watching uh, Elliot Alderson and uh, his dad, Mr. Robot, and um, Tyrell Wellick. Oh, White Rose is always a compelling character. But I'm curious to see what they're going to do. I, I would think that this is probably the last season of this. I'm not sure. I haven't read that or anything, but I'm enjoying it. Uh, but again, I got so much going on. I, you know, put it aside and start watching something else and forget about it. And then I'm like, I got to go back and finish this. 
I watched, um, let's check the time here. Here we got about a half hour. Um, 1971, Sacco and Vanzetti. And one of the reasons I wanted to watch this is uh, 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 Gina Maria Valente is the star of it. He plays, I think he plays Vanzetti. Uh, Bart Bartolomeo Vanzetti and uh, Ricardo Susiola plays Nicola Sacco. Um, now, other than those guys, most of it is a um, a uh, Anglo-American cast. Of course, you know, uh, at first when I started watching it, I thought the whole thing was going to be uh, dubbed. Um, but, you know, before I even started watching it, I thought, oh, this is probably an Italian movie. It's all going to be dubbed. And uh, but it's actually it's good. Um, there were I'm trying to think what that one. Movie, let me let me look it up here real quick. Uh, there is another movie that kind of takes place. Um, during all the stuff with Sacco Van, uh, Van Z and Vanzetti and um, Woody Guthrie actually had a song about them. Uh, what was that called? I'll have to find it here. It uh, starred um, David uh, Strathairn. And it was good, but it was kind of like a... Uh, I don't know if it got a wide release. Um, because I think it was considered like a an anarchist movie or something you know how like sometimes they'll put a movie out and and fucking people will be like oh you know it's like they they had a, a movie that that came out about uh carl marx and it was on netflix for a, for a while and i fucking watched it and people were like what the fuck do you watch that for and i'm like jesus christ it's just a goddamn fucking movie it, it's like that the general here recently said you know just because he goes like you know i was in the um uh, army, uh, you know, um, West Point or whatever. And he said, you know, we read all kinds of books. He said, I read about, you know, Mao Zedong. I read about Joseph Stalin. I read about Lenin. He goes, that doesn't mean I'm a fucking communist. He goes, it means, you know, you're, you're, but there's some weird people that I, I had a book about Joseph Stalin and I was reading it one time at, at work, like on my break. And one of my f the coworkers, I was going to say friend, but he's more of like a coworker. He came over and he goes, Stalin, what are you reading that for? Are you a com you know, like honest to God, like you know, are you a fucking commie communist now or something? I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with you, you douchehead? Uh, the movie was called No God, No Master from 2013, directed by Terry Green, and um, it took place in uh, 1919. And there's all these bombings going on where, and it's a true story where these anarchists are going around like bombing. Uh, uh, and trying to um, destroy democ democracy in the United States. Imagine that. I can't believe that something like that could possibly happen. Um, when a series of package bombs show up on the doorsteps of prominent politicians and businessmen in 1919, U.S. Bureau of Investigation agent William Flynn uh, uh, Strathairn, I always get that name 
it's weird to pronounce, is assigned the task of finding those responsible. He becomes immersed in an investigation that uncovers an anarchist plot to destroy democracy. I thought this was a pretty interesting movie because um, I had heard of Sacco and Vanzetti and that whole story but i had never seen anything you know done about that time and what was going on to me it's almost kind of like a forgotten time in history that people want to kind of put behind uh, you know when they say about like uh oh you tear down these statues you're uh you're uh, trying to rewrite history or whatever or destroy our history but then there's stuff like this that was going on and you know i don't remember hearing people, you know, talking about it that much, especially these days. But Saku and Vanzetti is, is pretty good, and it will give you an idea of what happened. It's almost kind of like the Rosenberg, uh, the Rosenberg's uh, trial and what went on with them and everything. Uh, it's very interesting and uh, about that time period and um, how the rich and the powerful uh can corrupt and um control and you know with with their power they can really put the boots on the neck of uh of anybody that tries to stand up against them and right or wrong uh you know or uh, you know just can destroy people destroy lives and literally can get away with uh, disappearing or, you know, uh, making people, you know, go away forever. Um, Burn After Reading, I watched that, uh, which is uh, Joel and Ethan Cohen. Um, and it stars Brad Pitt, Francis McDormand, um, George Clooney, John Malkovich was really good in this, Richard Jenkins. Uh, Tilda Swinton, uh, uh, J.K. Simmons. I thought this was was really good. Um, the I feel the same way this time as I did the first time I saw it. The one thing that I, the one person that I did not like in this movie that I didn't think was that great was Brad Pitt. Um, he's like one of the big stars of the fucking movie, but I, the first time I saw it, I just thought, eh, you know, I did, I didn't think he was that good and I didn't think he was that good this time, but the rest of it was pretty good. Um, I liked all the, uh, relationships and all the, uh, uh, fucking around <laughs> and, and, uh, lots of different characters. It's like, you know, Coen brothers movie. It's, it's not one of my favorites. Um, it's one, it's down there with the lesser Coen's. For me um but you know i thought i'd give it another watch i started to watch oh brother where art thou again the other night but i fell asleep not because it was bad it's just because i was tired and i got uh what to go let's see i watched uh breakheart pass from 1975 this was yesterday uh starring charles bronson ben johnson richard krenna uh jill ireland is in this of course uh, Ed Lauder, uh, Charles Durning, Bill McKinney, David Huddleston, who was the big, or not the big Lebowski. Well, he was the big Lebowski. He wasn't Jeff. He was the, the Lebowski. Um, Roy Jensen, who always, I put on the group, he always plays a good butthole. Uh, Robert Tessier, Archie Moore, the boxer. Joe Cap, a former Minnesota Vikings quarterback. 
who was also in the longest yard uh and doug adkins is in this and he was a great hall of fame defensive end for the chicago bears um i love this movie i've watched it a million times since i was a kid uh, it's alistair mclean uh novel so you have high adventure uh which i i i'm trying to think of other movies i know he did like guns of navarone uh let's see what else i like his movie. okay there's bear island i watched that one not that long ago and that's donald sutherland and it was pretty good like i said most of his movies you're going to get um like kind of epic action adventure and i always want to say high adventure but that's what you know with alistair mclean that's the kind of the saint and bug i know i watched that movie george maharis i watched that one and uh let's see a germ that could destroy life on earth is stolen from a biological warfare lab and the thief threatens to release it in an open prompting a security uh officer to act i remember that being pretty good but uh, let's see what else we have here. Ice Station Zebra. Of course, I've watched that a million times. Where Eagles Dare. Watched that a, a bunch of times. Uh, when Eight Bills Toll. Who was that? Anthony Hopkins, Jack Hawkins, and Robert Morley. In a vein similar to a James Bond movies, British agent Philip uh, Calvert, Sir Anthony Hopkins, is on a mission to determine the whereabouts of a ship that disappeared near the coast of Scotland. I have never seen that. I'm going to make a little notation here to check that one out. So I'm going to, I'm going to give that one a look. I've never heard of it. Fear is the key. Barry Newman, Susie Kendall. And I was going to say Suze Randall, but she was the uh, chick that uh, photographer that took pictures of like Ginger Lynn and all these other women. A man in radio con. This was from 1972. A man in radio contact with his family when the air when their airplane is shot down. He wants to uh, those responsible and becomes a criminal to get a job as a deep sea diver with those salvaging the plane's cargo. Barry Newman. Hmm. That's got Ben Kingsley in it too, and that was 19 what 72. He must have been pretty young in that. He probably had hair. Uh, gonna make a, little, a note of this one too. I have never seen that. I've never even heard of it. Uh, most of these it says like are like a six out of ten, six uh, high six out of ten. Caravan of Vacares. Is that Yul Brenner? No. David Burney, Charlotte Rampling, and Michael Lonsdale. I like Michael Lonsdale and I like Charlotte Rampling. Uh, David Burney. I just remember he was related to, or married to. Uh, well, they had Bridget Loves Bernie. What was her name? Oh, shit. What the fuck was her name? David Bernie was married to... <laughs> Meredith Baxter. Mer or Meredith Baxter Bernie, who was on Family Ties. Because they had that show, Bridget Loves Bernie, back in the day. And then they got divorced. Um, but that one, let's see. What's this one about? American Neil Bowman, I guess that would be uh, Bernie, is traveling through France when he meets British photographer Lila. I guess that would be Charlotte Rampling. They are hired by French landowner Duc de Courter, or Courter uh, to escort a Hungarian scientist to New York, but they soon realize that the job is not as cushy, a cushy number and have to deal with a gang of kidnappers who will stop at nothing to get their hands on the scientist. Those fucking fuckers. 
Uh, let's see if there's anybody else in this one that is interesting. I'm sure there are, but I don't know any of these people. That looks like it might be pretty good, though. Um, directed by Jeffrey Reeve. 4.6 out of 10. I'm going to still make a note, but that, that doesn't have as good of a rating. Breakheart Pass, of course, what I was just talking about. The Golden Rendezvous, or Rendezvous. <laughs> Richard Harris, Ann Turkle, and Gordon Jackson. Who else is in this? Burgess Meredith, John Vernon. Hey, hey, it's getting better. Uh, who else? David Jansen, Harry Chest, Dave Mack will love that. Uh, John Carradine. This one might be worth checking out. 5.5 out of 10. <laughs> Directed, there's two directors. Uh, Ashley Lazarus and Freddie Francis. Richard Harris, Ann Turkle, and Gordon Jensen. A cargo ship converted into a cruise liner. First officer John Carter foils the plan of international hijackers to use the Wessel, as Mr. Chekhov would say, as bait for a passing U.S. Treasury ship carrying a gold, carrying gold a bullion. Okay. Well, that still might be good. I don't know. Force 10 from Navarone. seen that. Bear Island was pretty good. Not great, but it was, pretty, it was worth a watch. The Hostage Tower. Who was in that? Peter Fonda. Maude Adams and Billy D. Williams. Directed by Claudio Guzman. Um, what else we got here? Peter Fonda. I always like Peter Fonda. Kier Dulay. Gone Tomorrow. Britt Eklund. Douglas Fairbanks Jr. Uh, Billy D. Billy Do. Billy Die. What's this one rate? Like a 1 out of 10? Uh, 5 out of 10. It's going down as Alistair McLean's books are getting made. Uh, the later we get... Criminals take hostage on the Eiffel Tower in Paris. <gasps> Why? <laughs> River of Death. This is Michael Dudikoff. Alistair McLean starring Michael Dudikoff, Donald Pleasance, and Robert Vaughn. Okay, and directed by Steve Carver. 4.3 out of 10. But anyway, Michael Dudikoff, uh, Donald Pleasance, that's good. Robert Vaughn, good. L.Q. Jones, good. Uh, Ian Yule, he was in um, Little Wild Geese. Still, that's a that's a pretty low rating, four point three. An adventurer, uh, Dudikoff, uh, decides to go in search of lost city in the Amazon jungle. A motley crew of other people with reasons of their own decide to join him uh, for the wealth of the lost city. But to their horror, they find out that they have bit off more than they can shoo. <laughs> what with a Nazi doctor still doing his experiments on people in the same place. You know what? That sounds pretty good to me. I like high adventure. <laughs> they bit off more than they could chew. I thought maybe, uh, what's that one uh, African-American porn star named Dread? I was going to say somebody else, but that was the last one I remember that... Uh, uh, I've watched recently that had a big giant cock. Uh, the way to dust to dusty death. The way to dusty death. Alistair McLean, Linda Hamilton, uh, Justin Oberholzer, Linda Hamilton alert. Simon uh, McCorkendale and Uwe Oshinecht. Too many things have been going wrong in too many Formula One races. Johnny Harlow, world champion driver and apparent cause of the latest accident, decides the time has come. To sort things out, and what he finds has nothing to do with cars.
is, oh, it has to do with Linda Hamilton's pussy. Uh, let's see, who else is in this? Serena Scott Thomas. I don't know her. Uh, doesn't look like there's very many names in here. Nope. I don't know too many people in this one. And what's the rating? 3.9 out of 10. It's just going down as Alistair's books are getting made. Linda Hamilton looks pretty good in this. 1995. She looks pretty pretty hot there. Still, going to make a little note. I might go on an Alistair McLean binge. And if I have enough time, I might actually talk about the one movie that I just fucking watched. with Alistair McLean. Detonator 2, Night Watch. 1995. And this is Alistair McLean, of course. Oh, is that Pierce Brosnan? Yes, Pierce Brosnan. Uh, directed by David Jackson. Alexandra Paul, wasn't she on Baywatch? And William Devane. Yes, okay. William Devane, Michael Shannon. That's not our Michael Shannon. That's a different Michael Shannon, I think. Uh, nobody else here that I think I know. And this rates a 5.2, so it went up a little bit. Rembrandt's Nightwatch uh, returns to Amsterdam fake. Uh, UN agents Mike and Sabrina investigate there, uh, investigate there and in Hong Kong, stumbling on a North Korean special bombs aimed at the West's communications. That doesn't even sound good. But Pierce Brosnan, and I like him. I like older Pierce Brosnan, though, mostly. Alexandra Paul, I don't know. I don't know if I would, uh, I don't know. Let's see. And then he had one called Air Force One is Down, which was a 2013 miniseries. Uh, Alistair McLean's highly uh, charged novel is brought to life for a contemporary audience in this tense international thriller. High adventure! Uh, Jeremy Sisto. Okay, he was on one of the last or lesser Law and Orders uh, and was in Suicide Kings with Christopher Walken. Uh, Jamie Thomas King. Oh, Linda Hamilton again. She must have been fucking Alistair McLean at some time. Uh, Rupert Graves. That's older Linda Hamilton. That's Justin Linda Hamilton. Uh, I don't see anybody else in here. Amanda Donahoe. I thought she was pretty cool in that, uh, or pretty hot in that uh, white worm thingy, or whatever it was. Lair of the White Worm, maybe? Going from my shitty memory. Linda Hamilton, bound and gagged. Oh. Okay, so I watched uh, Breakheart Pass. I really love it. I uh, love the high adventure. I love the Ed Lauder in this. Um, kind of, I, I like Bronson in this one because it's smart Bronson. It's kind of a detective Bronson. Of course, now he still can do some action. Uh, it was funny because him and um, uh, Archie Moore get in a fight on top of a snow-covered train as it's moving. And... Um, he is, he turns around and he sees Archie Moore coming at him with a big butcher knife. And what's Bronson do? He grabs a handful of snow and throws a snowball and hits Archie Moore in the head. <laughs> I guess maybe to help distract him so he can he can uh, you know uh, close the distance and grab him. And that was a good fight. They were hanging off the edge of the of the train, holding on to this this bar that ran across the top of the train, and kicking at each other. And uh, Bronson does like a drop kick uh, to Archie Moore on the top of the train. That was really good. Um, Bronson has some pretty good stuff. Ben Johnson is really good in this. It kind of, uh, uh, it has a murder on the Orient Express kind of feel, sort of. You don't know who's killing who, killing people, and uh, everybody's a suspect. 
uh, and um, then uh, Robert Tessier, I think I've said on this show before, for some reason they uh, change his voice, they dub his voice in this. I don't know who, uh, I think I had actually looked it up, but I can't remember who, it was somebody famous. And then uh, Roy Jensen, I looked him up. Uh, he was a Canadian football player uh, and became a stuntman. Um, and that's how he got into a shitload of fucking movies. He was in a lot of Clint Eastwood movies, John Wayne movies. Uh, he was the guy in Big Jake that was going, the dog bit his arm. And uh, then when John Wayne was taking a shower, uh, he comes in with a, uh, a gun and is going to shoot John Wayne. And he's got his arm in a sling and John Wayne, you know, turns law tables let's see let's see trivia i want to see who did tessier's voice break heart pass charles bronson was 53 years old when the when he made this film and that fucker uh looked like goddamn he was made out of granite good looking you know just a had a just a distinctive look and everything yeah he's always in great shape until yeah, of course when he got really older uh, archie moore was 58 when he wrestled atop the train with Charles Bronson at 53 at the time. Uh, although Carlos appeared in several scenes, including the famous rooftop fight, he only actually had two lines of dialogue in this movie. Yeah, him and um, and uh, Joe Cap don't have very much dialogue. And uh, uh, same with uh, Doug Adkins. Uh, he does get to, Doug Adkins does get to speak in the um, at the very end of the movie. The fight on top of the train was performed by stuntmen Howard Curtis doubling for Bronson and Tony Brubaker doubling for Archie Moore and was directed by stunt coordinator Yakima Knut, who was a really famous stuntman who, like, you know, uh, did the uh, chariot race and uh, Ben-Hur and was, uh, John Wayne, bunch of, oh, I mean, just all kinds of movies. He was a great stuntman. I got a book, and it's in on the coffee table, and I would have to go in and get it, but I got this book ab about the stuntman uh, that was a world-famous stuntman in Hollywood. Let me see if I can just find it here without having to get up. Uh, Google! Well, I'm not the kind to kiss and tell, but I've been... This motherfucker, this book, is about as big as a... Um, uh, fucking old phone book, New York phone book. Uh, let me see if I can find it. I have the one, I have Gene LaBelle's book, which is pretty good. Um, because this guy, the reason I found it was he was actually talking about, he was there, actually there when uh, Gene LaBelle, the famous um, uh, confrontation between judo Gene LaBelle and... Um, uh, Steven Seagal. Let me pause. I'm going to go get this book and uh, tell you guys what it is. Okay, the book is called um, From the Streets of Brooklyn to the Halls of Hollywood. And um, again, this is this fucking book, like, if you were a cop in New York City and you were interrogating a um, suspect and you wanted to get him to talk, you know when they would take the phone book and smack him upside the head? This motherfucking book probably wasted uh, eh, I'd say about 10 pounds. It's fucking heavy. Well, I don't know about 10 pounds, but it's big. It's like a big, thick book. They didn't uh, didn't condense it down or anything. I don't know who he got to print it. Well, let's see. Okay, now there's... I want to th see how many pages this fucking cocksucker is. Well, I'm up to 757. 
<laughs> 759 pages. Uh, but I, and I haven't started reading it yet. I got it to uh, probably a couple weeks ago, but I want to dig into it. Cause he, he was all through Hollywood working on all different kinds of movies, has all a shitload of stories to tell. Um, and, um, but like, again, again, you heard, always heard the, uh, legendary story about Gene LaBelle choking out Steven Seagal and Steven Seagal, either shitting or pissing his pants. Well, this guy was actually standing right there when it happened. And he tells what really happened. Um, so Breakheart Pass. Okay, what do we got here? The world's greatest stuntman. Uh, the true adventures of the world's greatest stuntman. My life is Indiana Jones, James Bond, Superman, and other heroes by Vic Armstrong. There's a bunch of stuntman uh, books. How Needham has a, has a book. See, that? I'd like to check out some of these. Stuntman, the uh, autobiography of Yakima Knut with Oliver Drake. I would love to get that one. Now, this one, it says 15 used and new from $78.03. So that one must be out of print. Faux show. Faux show. Dolly Parton. Uh, Love is like a butterfly. <laughs> I'm crazy. <laughs> okay. Uh, stars, stunts, and stories. Hollywood stuntman's... Uh, Fall to fall to fame. What's this fucker's name? Carl Siafrilia. Uh, Carl Siafalio. What's that? That looks like a sexy, sexy book here. What's that got to do with stuntmen? Maybe it's got some fucking reckless. A couture wedding dress designer to the rich and famous Lexi LaCroix. Uh, image means everything. Raised on the wrong side of the tracks, her years of polish and hard work are finally about to pay off. Oh, I thought that was going to be Joan Severance. She was hot back in the day. There's all kinds of these books. There's <laughs> all kinds of books. Um, anyway, Breakheart Pass. If you haven't seen it, um, watch it. If you have seen it, watch it again. It's worth a rewatch a lots of times. I watched that on YouTube uh, last night for free. What if? Well, how the hell did I get back there? The other one I watched was uh, Borderline with uh, Charles Bronson and uh, a very young Ed Harris. Um, it was pretty good. Uh, I believe Rolf said that he was bored to death or whatever watching it. I enjoyed it. I kind of like sometimes watching Bronson not just do action stuff. Um, this was in 1980. Had a lot to do with, um, uh, well, I don't want to say illegal aliens, but at the time that's what they called them, or uh, the derogatory term wetbacks. It was directed by Gerald Friedman. Uh, written and directed by Gerald Friedman and Steve Klein, starring uh, Charles Bronson. Bruno Kirby was pretty good in this. He was a a um, border patrol. I don't know if he's border patrol uh, agent from uh, uh, like New York. So I guess he was probably up on the Canadian border or something. And he got transferred down to Charles Bronson's bunch uh, that were in uh, California on the uh, Mexican border. Uh, also, you have Michael Lerner who plays a creepy jerk, Burt Remsen, who plays another jerk, uh, Ed Harris, who plays a jerk. <laughs> 
Wilfred Brimley was good in this. He wasn't in a lot, but he was he was pretty good. Uh, Lawrence Lawrence Casey is in this, and he was in the Rat Patrol, I believe. Uh, I did not see him in this. He must have been one of Bronson's men or something. But he, yeah, he was. Uh, I love the Rat Patrol. He was he was pretty cool in that. Uh, I'm gonna have to look him up see if I can find. So he was also in Good Guys Wear Black with Charles uh, Charles Carlos Ray Norris, aka Chuck Norris. I'll make a little note of this guy and look him up some more because I just remember him from uh, Rat Patrol. And uh, but anyway, I like this one. It was pretty good. Uh, Bronson is a Border Patrol um, dude. He's like the head of the Border U.S. Border Patrol. Uh, and he's kind of, again, like a detective who uses, um, uh, they, they have Bruno Kirby there as kind of the guy, like a fish out of water guy, although they don't play the fish out of water up too much to make it stupid or ridiculous. Uh, but he is kind of like, sees Bronson doing his thing. Bronson's like a, an actual, like a tracker. Uh, who can look at you know shoe prints and things like that, and see things out in the wilderness and in the wild just from his experience uh, that a normal person would not see. And um, there's a big ring where they're uh, that uh, of these or this kind of a criminal empire kind of a thing where they're bringing in illegal aliens across the border uh for you know cheap uh labor in the united states and sending them all over the country um and ed harris is the sort of the opposite of bronson he is a former marine that was in vietnam he's kind of a, a psycho uh, not that he's like a real nut, like going around acting crazy, or you could you can't really tell. But he's uh, a, definitely a cold-blooded, like a murderer kind of a guy uh, who has no problem pulling the trigger. But he's also uh, can kind of match Bronson. It's a it's a battle of wits between him and Bronson uh, because this guy, even though he's not from uh, that area and everything, he works for the bad guys and he's the main the main muscle and the main guy that uh, because he knows like all about the uh, sensors and stuff that are planted in the ground and and he's really ca calculating on how they'll bring people over where and when when not to uh, getting uh, intelligence and information about what the border patrol is doing and stuff like that and Bronson kind of uh, is is after him he, he doesn't even know who he is he just knows he's the guy he sees this boot print this army boot print uh, like a uh, combat boots that has a a, a nick in the heel and it's it's that one nick in the heel uh, really it shows up like a fingerprint on your hand that uh, when he's tracking he can see that that in the dirt and stuff he can see that one chunk out of the back of that heel so he doesn't even know who ed harris is but he knows who he is and he knows what he's doing and he's trying to find him but he doesn't you know know exactly who he has never seen his face so i thought this was pretty good it's not you know not the best uh bronson movie in the world but i thought he was really good in it lots of charisma looks you know he looks pretty good in it uh he hadn't got into the puffy uh fluffy feathered hair bronson at by at this time and um i really enjoyed it he it, it had enough action in it bronson gets to kick the shit out of this guy in the fucking dirty shitty men's room and stuff the guy's fucking face in a poop filled toilet that looks just about as disgusting as it could possibly look. 
I think he really enjoyed that. <laughs> as soon as I saw saw him look at that toilet, I was like, "Okay, he's he, he's beating the shit out of this guy. Either he's gonna go and fucking take a big shit, <laughs> or he's gonna stuff this guy's head in the toilet." He should have made the guy give him a blumpkin. But anyway, it was good. Um, we're right at about the time I need to quit. So hopefully we will be back with some more shows coming up uh, on a regular basis. This new computer, I haven't had one glitch. I haven't had it locked up one time. And I'm going to go ahead and sign off for now. And I hope everybody is surprised that a new show is up on the Silver and Gold. Now I just have to remember how to post it. Bye!